Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who've made this podcast possible, makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom-stable scleral lens. In case you're wondering, I am voting, and I'm on the East Coast. My name is Dr. James Diem. I'm joined by somebody else who's voting. I'm She's voting. She's the West Coast, and her name is Dr. Roya Habibi. What is up, Roya? I voted, folks. But I did, did it. Mail-in status. Did I done did it dos oh. weeks ago. Wow. Or three. It's been, it's been there, done that. Okay. Who cares who? But I voted, okay? That's the point. Vote. Right? Got it. I'll take it. Well, I have some statistics. How? What percentage of the population, according to the census, do you think voted in 2016? It's actually more than I thought. Let's say 25%. It's actually 61%. Oh, that's pretty good. It's yeah. I mean, 61%, not bad. And so in 2012, it was around 61% as well. Um, so that's just overall. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's relatively stable. Um, you know, it was, it was 67, almost 68% in 1992. Um, kind of interesting. So 61%. So a little more than half of people vote. Um, I think when you think of it that way, kind of pathetic, right? Yeah. Um, so then there are some statistics that break it down by race. Uh, as we hear a lot about race, racial divisions and differences and alliances with various uh, groups of, um, you know, political affiliation, that is. Uh, so white non-Hispanics, uh, the turnout in 2016 was 65%. Uh, black non-Hispanic was 59%. Um, other race, uh, non-Hispanic, so maybe Asian or um, Middle Eastern, other race, that's how it's classified by the Census Bureau, 49%, and Hispanic was 47%. Very interesting because of the, you know, very large demographic that, you know, Hispanic or Latino individuals represent, that that was the lowest uh, group of uh, percent. Um, so, you know, I think... What what's the point here? The point in you know talking about this, bringing it up, discussing it is that you know, hey, we got to do a better job, folks. Uh, get out there, let your let your voice be heard. Um, you know, certainly uh, very uh, contentious year. Um, you know, I I don't care what you think or what you believe or what you know you are allying with or why you vote i don't care even in the least bit uh but i do care that you vote i think you know, anybody that says i i don't care it doesn't matter it's just baloney baloney folks it's not what i believe in it's not the truth uh 61 so half of the people in in this country are speaking for you um you know and another thing that actually i was thinking about this i was actually having this conversation today and i was like why don't people vote? Okay. And actually this year, almost every state has the option for mail-in ballot voting, mail-in voting. And 
I know that there's a controversy about how there's fraud with that, although it's been very much proven against. There's several references I'm happy to list, but it is literally hand-delivered to my house and I, without needing postage. <laughs> it's like, it's harder for me to avoid this big yeah. pile of papers on my cabinet than to actually just vote. Why yeah. don't people do it? Because it's inconvenient? You know, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, it's either the inconvenience factor, which is total baloney, or um, just this feeling of, I think, you know, it's like weight loss, you know, like sometimes it's like, it's so overwhelming. It's so inconceivable that like not eating one thing could really make a difference with weight loss or, you know, I'm just, I'm just equating something, a simple one little tiny piece, one step really could equate to a much larger change, right? If we all were to do it, or if we were to do it more frequently, or if we were to be, you know, so it's, it's, I think it's hard for people to conceptualize that one vote really means something, especially with, you know, discussions about the electoral college and the way that votes you know, or, but, you know, again, I'm not trying to get into that discussion or the political, uh, you know, ideologies on either side of the aisle. It's more of just, you know, hey, we live in a, a free country, a democratic, you know, republic, if you will. And, uh, you know, we are, we have the right to vote and, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a privilege. And so, uh, you know, Do get it. out and vote if you didn't, you know, send in your ballot uh, through mail like Roya. Um, go out and vote. I will be going out and voting in person and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm a little upset mailing online or doing my mail in because I didn't get like a sticker. You need a sticker. Yeah, I was I wondering about sticker. that. I'm not going to get it made. I just want to buy a sticker. I voted yeah, with a check mark. Primary reason I'm going to do it because I need a <laughs> sticker. I want the sticker. Yeah, it's important. Okay, little bit of eye updates for you all. Sure. Kind of a fun thing, I think. Uh, by fun, I mean like exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. First of its kind, FDA just approved BNL's Alloway for a preservative free formulation. So ketotyphen 0.035% is the first allergy drop that's going to be preservative free providing 12 hours of relief. Um, it's the over-the-counter, no prescription needed. It's super awesome. We know that at least what's facts say, approximately 80% of people have some sort of symptomatic allergy and um, nothing is available at this time for preser preservative-free for antihistamine. It's also available and approved for patients three years and older. Um, one so sort of sad tidbit on that is that it's not available until spring of next year, 2021. So hopefully your season of allergies has passed for now and it'll be ready for next year's allergy season. So get excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that's interesting. We'll see, you know, what kind of traction that gets. I, I think one of the difficult things with allergy in pharmaceuticals is there is, there's so many options, you know, there's so many choices. You have Elistat, you have Chromalin, you have, um, uh, several over-the-counter products. You have Bepreve, you have Pataday, Paseo, Pataday twice a day, Pataday once a day, um, Cetirazine, uh, or, or um, Zerviate, right? Um, so all these different things. So it gets it gets a little, 
difficult, I think. But good, good. I think this is something new and different. So I think if there's anything better for somebody who's dealing with any sort of eye discomfort, getting rid of the preservative is a good idea. I agree. That's my, yeah, I'm all about it. Don't disagree with you on that point. All right. Well, um, if you haven't heard of Kayla Pharmaceuticals, Kayla Pharmaceuticals has been around now for several years, maybe even longer, but this company um, really came onto the scene with a medicine called Inveltis. And Inveltis is lodopredinol um, uh, 0.1%, lodopredinol 0.1%. And lodopredinol uh, 0.1% is, uh, you know, you might say to yourself, well, what do we need a lodopredinol for? Uh, you know, we have a lodopredinol, a generic 0.05. We have, um, we have, uh, or actually is it, it's 1%, lodopredinol 1%. Um, we have, uh, lodopredinol 0.5. We have lodopredinol 0.25, which is Alrex. We have, um, 0.38, which is Lodomax SM. We have Lodomax Lodopredinol 0.5 gel, Lodopredinol 0.5 suspension. There's like a bajillion Lodopredinols. It's a hell of a drug, uh, you know. So I, <laughs> I, you know, I prescribe a crap ton of of Lodopredinol. Um, but there's been, let's be honest, there's been a lot of maneuvering. A lot of patent protection going on with lodopredinol over the years, you know, primarily from B&L. And, and I'm a believer. You know, I'm a, I'm a believer in the molecule. I'm a believer in the, you know, evolution going from suspension to gel, longer contact time. I'm a believer in the SM, better, con- better penetration um, and, and, you know, potentially better outcomes. I was never a big Alrex user because I always believed in, you know, the safety of the, the medicine and, uh, you know, going for more bang for your buck. So, so here we have, uh, and, and the important thing to note is that none of those molecules were ever approved for the treatment of dry eye disease. They were all for perioperative pain and inflammation. So, uh, and, and that is also true for lodopredinol 1%, which was Inveltus or which is Inveltus. The difference with Inveltus was this um, uh, carrying molecule called Amplify. Uh, and and so that is you know the 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 magic sauce if you will for Kayla uh, Pharmaceuticals and so Kayla Pharmaceuticals is uh, under the development of KP one KPI one twenty one point two five percent lodopredinol and um, you know so they're looking to get this uh, approved uh, by the FDA or it is um, at least preliminarily approved. And um, it's going to be called Isuvis, E-Y-S-U-V-I-S, Isuvis. And so this is a nanoparticle suspension of lodopredinol, like I said, this Amplify technology. And so what they found in their phase two and phase three trials of a really large um, you know, patient group, in fact, I believe it's the largest patient group ever to conduct a dry eye study. Um, and they found a significant... Uh, improvement in patient symptoms, uh, in staining, uh, and and their safety profiles were were very good. So very low incidence of uh, IOP spikes. In fact, you know the the IOP spikes were very much on par with studies that were conducted with uh, Lodomax and um, uh, negative consequences. You know as far as installation type pain and, and blurred vision were also very low. 
So, you know, the whole idea here is that we're going to have a, uh, a steroid, essentially, here approved for the treatment of uh, dry eye. And so, you know, you might say to yourself, well, how, do they, you know, how are we going to do that? How is that possible? But so I, I really think what they're going to go after here, and I think it's very smart, is, you know, we, we all talk about dry eye, and we all talk about its chronic nature, and we all talk about its, its um, need for inflammatory control. But I think what we fail to identify, at least from an FDA-approved standpoint, is its relaxing and remitting nature, its fluctuating nature. That may be because of the course of the condition. It may be because of environmental, you know, changes that we that we experience, like allergies and and or our work, you know, different th- things, uh, our our um, hormones, different things. So there is a big fluctuating component, right? Yep. Um, and so, you know, we often do prescribe steroids for those particular situations. So now this would be something that would really be speaking to that fluctuation or flare type component of, you know, the treatment of dry eye. So very interesting. And I'm, I'm very interested to see how that's going to kind of play out. Um, you know, especially with, you know, again, so many different other players in that space and folks like yourself and, and myself that really do this already, you know, are folks going to, um, you know, prescribe a medicine because it is FDA approved? What's your take on that? I mean, I think of a couple things. I didn't actually, this didn't click in my mind until recently. I actually had the Cala people were visiting me. Mm-hmm. I was getting some good old samples. Yeah. And um, they're they alluded to how this is about to be approved and how it will be the first FDA-approved steroid for the treatment of dry eye. Right. We all prescribe it off-label, but 100%. the default prescription, for instance, even for Lodamax, is for post-op pain, post-cataract yeah. surgery, or post-surgery. Uh-huh. And so we're using it off-label. Of course it's used, and of course everyone, both ODs and MDs, are all using it. But number one... I mean, you're using something off-label. Technically, the FDA is not approving that or has not approved that yet. So if anything were to go wrong, I mean, again, you're, you're prescribing off-label, though it is the tradition and though it is what people are using. Number two, the way our medicine is practiced nowadays, the way, way medicine is practiced is through clinical trials. So a company like Calog kind of finally took the effort to do a study on that, right. I think is important. And number sure. three, when something is FDA-approved, not to say that insurance is going to cover it any better, but now this is the only option that is truly FDA approved. Perhaps you will get maybe a little bit better insurance coverage, or they can't just say uh, experimental treatment or whatever. No, so, they're going to say try restasis, and you know they're going to try, try, you know, try Zydra, try you know that's what I think they'll say. So I I disagree with the statement that you know. And if they're saying that, that's fine. But I, I don't believe that it'll be covered any better than anything no, else. No, it may not. But, but still, I but, do think... You know, I, I don't disagree with you that, you know, hats off to them for, you know, spending the money, putting their sticking their necks out and, and you know, getting the approval. We know it works. You know, there's no doubt about it. It's a, like, <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. You know, do you, <laughs> you remember, um, uh, what was the, uh, the comedian... Um, 
Do you know what the comedian I'm talking about? I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I used to do drugs. It's a hell of a drug, do, you would say. Anyway, <laughs> so um, it's a hell of a drug. Somebody knows who I'm talking about. But uh, Lodamax is a hell of a drug. Lodopredinol is a hell of a drug. It works. I used to tell people, you know, and I still do, you know, if I get poison ivy, I put that on it. I mean, and it works. It just calms things down. I have a super strong allergy to horses. I know that's weird. But if I'm around horses, my eyes like blow up. If I put a drop of Lodamax in, it's gone. It takes care of it. Lodopredinol. That's Rick James, by the way. Oh, oh my. There you go. It's a hell of a drug. Um, <laughs> I, one, of my, one of my reps call, it's, and this is not his That's the Chappelle show. It was from the Chappelle yeah. show. That's who I'm thinking of. It, uh, he calls Lodamax the nectar of the gods. It is. <laughs> it it's is unreal. I it's do so good. Lodamax. I do. I do love the gel, too. So, um, you know, I guess that, I think, and that may be part of it too, is I've become such a Lodamax loyalist, you know, that I'm almost like, come on guys, you know, now, you know what I say? Come on guys too. Like you're going to go through all this effort and then you're not going to make it preservative free. I mean, not to see like, and it's like a BAK. Record. That's what's Why in it. Why are you going to use BAK? It's Why not BAK. use like, and it's actually more BAK, I believe than Lodamax. I don't get it. Why are you going to make the effort of getting it? FDA approved with a formulation that is BAK. I literally yeah. said it to my reps. I was like, dude, congrats on the FDA approval for dry eye, but why are you going to make it with BAK? And then More like, oh, BAK. Really low percentage, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's And then not the, the whole point. Amplify thing. You know, this whole discussion yeah. about Amplify is that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't penetrate it, it, the molecule gets into the cornea, sticks onto the cornea more because it's muco adhesive. It, and so anyway, there, there's a lot of, there's, you know, I, I, I'm going to try it. You know, that's what I could tell you. I'm going to try it. I've utilized Inveltus, but not a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, there's people knocking at the door talking to us about Flarex, you know, still. And, and uh, yeah, Flarex. We have I'm a Flarex I'm a big rep. FML pant. Uh, maybe I need to reach out to my Flarex. Ivance. Ivance is the group that is talking about they bought Flarex and Tobert XST and Fresh Coat and, they're, and Zerviate. They're the ones doing that. Um, hmm. again, yeah. Um, I mean, I will say one thing I want to give props to just the, um, <laughs> I think we had a, a talk on this recently, but on, you know, our, our commercial industry, our industry yeah, on the props. efforts that they do to put together huge studies like this. I mean, the size of the study, the scale of their study, some of their trials had 1400, almost 1500 patients in them. Yeah. And they it, had it was three the biggest study three. for dry eye. Huge. Mm -hmm. And we already know everyone's prescribing steroids for dry eye. Right. So, but they went through the effort of doing that. And I think that's huge. Valley Contacts, our main supporters, um, did a similar study where they were FDA approved for scleral lenswear with their um, scleral lens slide, the custom stable. We already know that dry eye and scleral lenses, we know that many brands right. work the same. But everyone knows things like the company, uh, Boston Foundation for Sight, their pros lens. Everyone references that because they went through the effort of getting these steps FDA. done. And they suck. It sucks to go through this process. But <laughs> I thought you were going to say Boston Foundation for Sight and pros sucked. That's what I Oh, heard. no, no. It's a great lens. I mean, a lot of scleral lenses are great. Like many yeah. manufacturers are great. I mean, the technology, each one has their own unique traits. But you find a company yeah. that you believe in and that you right. agree with their their so mission. So just to be clear, pros does not suck. Is that what you're saying? Pros very does not suck. It's a great lens. I do <laughs> not. Kidding, no, kidding, but I'm it's like joking. having to go through those steps yeah, to get your stuff sucks. approved really sucks. That part But sucks. I think that's a commitment that any industry has 
or any of our industry partners have to providing us with better care for our patients. And so I think that's the main thing. So anyways, that's all I got on that. Okay. You all know that we love interaction with our listeners and uh, we got a message recently that really not only like left me thinking, but it just is like, you know, when someone just like says exactly what you're thinking that day or just annoyed about that day, it was one of these things. So Nick Udum Pradith messaged us. Let me just tell you a little bit of what I said. So he's a longtime listener whoop, and he currently is an optometry tech looking to uh, apply for school fall 2021. Holla. Um, but he's saying <laughs> Holla that at your boy, all, right. all you uh, all about him. But he's Acceptance saying these people at different yes. schools. This guy, yes. he's got it. Represent. Um, but <laughs> biggest challenge that he's had is that when patients don't want to pay for a contact lens fitting fee during their annual exam, constantly he's hearing, my contacts fit fine. Why do I have to pay for a fitting fee? So he's saying, like, can we talk about it a little bit? Great. And man, this is literally, I mean, at least once a month, this becomes an issue where I get a call and a complaint, and it's yeah. super frustrating. So first of all, before we even go into that, what's up? Hi, Nick. Hello. Thanks for having me. Totally our pleasure, Nick. I'll tell you what, we get so many messages and so many requests. It's hard to like siphon through all that, but yours, it really stood out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That really doesn't happen, but I'd like to think that it does in another universe. And um, if if you do want to, you know, hear from us or ask a question, this just goes to show that we would love to interact with you. So first of all, Nick, thank you for reaching out as maybe stepping out of your comfort zone and, uh, you know, interacting with us. We really do appreciate it. And um, tell us just a little bit about yourself. So you're, you're, you work in a practice and you just, I think you just graduated college. Is that correct? Yeah, so I just graduated college with a degree in biology from the University of Texas. And I just Is that the back. Longhorns? Hey, yes, sir. Hook'em horns. Hook'em <laughs> horns. Yes. That a boy. All right. Yeah. And I currently work as a tech at Cargo Eye Care of Las Colinas in Irving, Texas, which is a suburb in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. But I just moved back, so I haven't been working here for too long. And before that, I was a tech at Innovative Eye Care in Austin during undergrad for about two years. So it Sweet. sounds like eye care is like your jam. Uh, or, I guess you jelly. could say that, or yeah. Jelly. So, I actually got into eye care out of a necessity because, uh -huh. you know, I, <laughs> I was your stereotypical broke college student. Uh -huh. I, had, I had a part-time job managing inventory on campus, but uh, I had a pretty bad tendency of eating out and specifically Wendy's. So, shout $4, out to them. Uh, $4 <laughs> menu. I see the, the four for $4 at menu at Wendy's was being yeah, part yes of Yes, sir. That, that's what I always got. Yeah, but I had about uh, $30 to my name when I was like, okay, I should probably start looking for another job. And then that's when I saw the opening for a tech position. And I was pre-med at the time. So, I was like, oh, this would be a great exp uh, patient experience. I was like killing two birds with one stone totally and that's how i got into eye care i'll tell you what nick that is a, a, no joke that is my story like that is my story to the t i was wendy's in, also 
Uh, yeah, not Wendy's, <laughs> but it, it was just the fact that I needed to make money. I was pre-med, I was an undergrad, and I said I needed, I wanted to do something in healthcare. So I remember like going online or looking at the like, you know, f- job listings and just like seeing what was available. And um, there was a job opening, it said pre-testing for, pa- for patients, it's all it said. And it happened to be uh, an America's Best, which is a retail eye care facility. And the rest is history. I fell in love with it. And, you know, I don't, I don't have a refractive error, so I would never even really been to the eye doctor before. Um, what about you? Have you ever been to the eye doctor for like a real exam? <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's, oh, yeah. it's okay. crazy because I didn't start wearing glasses until freshman year of high school. Before that, I had probably my uh, refractive error was probably like negative point two five, but uh, now I'm a negative five in both eyes. Whoa! So, yeah. Well, it <laughs> might all be a progression, crazy. Batman. Yeah. yeah wow. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Cool. Um, and would you wear glasses, contacts, both? Uh, I wear contacts all the time. What kind of contacts do you wear? The AccuView Oasis, uh, the bi-weekly lens. I'd love to wear the daily that a lens. boy, the bi-weekly lens. He said yeah. it was not the... There you the go. Not monthly. a monthly. That a boy. Smart yes. man. And so what did you just say? You'd love to wear daily lenses? Yeah. So I've I've tried the daily lenses. It's just so expensive. Like even with the employee discounts and as Listen, a college student, I can't. I'm going to look into this for you, Nick. We're going to see if we could hook you up with some daily lenses. I don't know how, but maybe we could pull some strings and hook Well, and also up. there's crazy good rebates right now. Yeah. The AccuView One Day Moist, at least in my office, is prices around like four, let's just say Four thirty for a year supply. There's a two hundred fifty dollar rebate right now, which is lower than two hundred bucks, right? If I do my math right, and then you don't have. Bro's to buy like solution. a college. He's like a broke college bro right now. <laughs> but you don't have to buy cleaning solution anymore. We need to get him some daily disposables. Daily. That's that's the end it's of settled. it. We're gonna we're gonna it's make settled. this happen, Nick. But okay? I forgot to mention I do have an astigmatism in both eyes. No so problem. That. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Nothing's insurmountable in my book. Nothing. Um, Okay, All right, let's so, talk about the yeah, evaluation let's get to the fee. Point. It is a pain in the butt. And you know what? Sometimes I think like, I just want to be nice and just like, screw it. It wasn't that hard. But it is a problem because honestly, it is more work to do contact lens evaluation, regardless of if you're changing it or not. It's a couple more clicks. I'm going to go get them trials. I'm going to do extra things. Our staff's going to have to do extra stuff for the patient. Like, why is it that in like healthcare all of a sudden you think, oh, my insurance should pay for everything and like your time doesn't matter as a doctor? Why do people ever think that? Like if you were going to, you know, get your car fixed, would you ever say, oh, how much time did you spend to fix my car? I'm not paying for that <laughs> just because you don't have car insurance. Well, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to push back a little bit on you, Roy. OK, and tell me. And- and I want to hear Nick's feedback too, because I want to know what your position is at the office that you're at and how you play into this dialogue. Because a lot of times, you know, as a doctor, Roy and I, we could just, you know, do the doctor stuff and then be like, uh, they're going to talk to you about the, the financial stuff. And, you know, they'll tell you up in front how much that's going to cost. See you later. Um, you know, and that's where the ball gets dropped a lot of times. But, um, you know, I think what happens is we're lazy. You know, to be honest, and I don't think we do always a thorough contact lens evaluation. We don't talk to the patient about, you know, what we're doing and what the is going on with that evaluation, why there's added cost to it, especially when year after year after year after year, we're giving the patient the same old technology in some cases, not even having them put the lens on their eye, not even looking at the lens on their eye, not even talking to them about comfort or vision or, you know, oh, you're happy with that? See you later. And I have so many patients that come to me that are like trained 
that like they don't want anything else because they're worried about cost. They're worried it's going to be more expensive. They just want what they want. Just give me that. I know what you know. So, what do you think about that, Nick? Do you, do you see that in your patient population? And how do you? What's your role in this conversation? Yeah, well, you know, I I see it kind of probably like once a month, like Roya mentioned earlier, and uh, as a tech, I'll sometimes be the person that checks in the patient, and if I am, I'll usually go over the fees with the patient, and then that's when I'll usually get the pushback, you know, from the the Karens. They'll be like, "Oh, the Karens, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Karens of eye care," you know. <laughs> oh no, we're sorry to all you Karens out there. I have yeah. a sister Karen. She's literally the sweetest person ever, and I had a Karen. <laughs> today and like a real Karen like and I said you know how does it feel you know during this time and like she was such a sweet girl and she was just like you know what it's funny it doesn't bother me so yeah (laughs) but thanks for bringing that up I think that was her first Karen (laughs) reference on trying to tell you so congratulations Um, that's immediately who I think of whenever I deal with these people but (laughs) you're so good Nick (laughs) so then what do you say yeah, so usually I'll, I'll let them know, like, oh, this is uh, going to be how much it's going to cost for your visit for today. And they're like, oh, uh, can I just do the glasses and prescription? Because they don't want to pay for the fitting fee. And I was like, right. okay, that's fine. But if you do that, you won't be able to order contacts for this upcoming year because your prescription will be expired. And then that's when I'm, they're like, why do I have to pay for this fee? My contacts fit fine. I'm seeing great out of them. And then that's usually when I'm like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be like, so contact lenses are a medical device. They require a prescription just like any other drug. And the doctors have to make sure that you're healthy enough to continue using that prescription. And with contacts, there may be things that affect the health of your eyes that don't necessarily affect your vision. And then usually that's when like patients are, okay, fine, I'll pay for the fee. I'm I'm getting excited over here. I'm so I like <laughs> what you just said was like it's spot on. It's perfect. And I want to know something, Nick. Do you believe it? You know, I'm, I'm I want I want like seriously. You could we're in the trust nest right here. Your boss is right here. Okay, so you know seriously. Sometimes do you think we could do a better job backing you up? You know, like I mean, I I everything you just said is true. You're absolutely right. But you know. Do you think sometimes, and, and if the answer is no, the answer is no, but do you think sometimes we could do a better job? That's kind of hard to say because I feel like uh, I said whenever I started uh, wearing glasses and contacts, you know, I had a very mild prescription. Yeah. But then every year I felt like I had to go to the eye doctor every six months. So my prescription was constantly changing and then... Uh, but e- with every visit, I was constantly seeing better. So it was like, so the doctor was doing something right. Right, and, right. Yeah. <laughs> so something you didn't know, yeah, it was happening. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, I, I like that. And I like your perspective and, and I think it's all accurate. And I don't know. I, I just, think, I've, though, I've I'll, had... I'll add on that. I think one thing I've started realizing, especially for the patients that I've had issues for, things that I've learned, pearls afterwards that I've learned. Yes, having some something at check-in, especially when a patient makes an appointment saying they want a contact lens evaluation or they want new contacts and glasses, is they should know up front what is going on. And not only just like here are our fees, but also here's what we're doing, why it costs more chair time, what testing's involved, how we utilize new technology, negative effects that contacts can cost. Another thing that I do super specifically now is 
because I incorporate my evaluation into my exam. You know, patients usually dilated. I have them put their lenses back on. I'm evaluating the fit. My tech usually looks right before they take the contacts out when they're checking the vision. But I'll say as they put their contacts back in, I'm going to just evaluate your lenses on your eyes as I look at the rest of your eyes. Like I literally say the word evaluate so they know, even though that's what I'm doing, but they don't know what I'm doing. So I make a point to say what I'm doing so they understand what they're doing or where their money is going. And I also like to point out, especially if something's a little off or I'm going to change something if it's not good or I'm going to specifically ask questions, you know, why don't you wear your contacts every day? You don't have to, but if you don't like it because they don't feel that good, maybe we should try something different. Maybe we need to address the dry eye. You know, asking those questions, is it just because you don't like it or is it because you can't see up close anymore? Maybe we need to try a multifocal and actually utilizing the newest technology that's available. So then people do feel the value of where they're spending their money. Because I think most people, I mean, I'm joking a little earlier about saying, like, why is our time and money not valued? Or why are people not valuing our time? But I think they would value your time if they understood where the money's going. Right. Then they're like, okay. And yeah, and I I think, you know, it's on us, you know, to, to, like you said, to do the work, to explain to the patient what is going on, not only for the front office to be, you know, communicative on the front end about the expectations, but also for the doctors to do the follow through. So that next year, especially if the patient, you know, is from another office, you know, they're, they're having a new experience and they're maybe new fees and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a difficult one, Nick. And thank you for fighting the good fight and working hard. You're hired in my office. If you ever relocate <laughs> to northeastern Pennsylvania, we would be more than happy to hire you <laughs> in a heartbeat because you, you sound like a fantastic uh, addition to any good uh, eye care team. Are you applying to schools currently? What's yeah, going so on? Yeah, so I actually already submitted my application about Ooh. two weeks ago, actually. Snaps that. Uh, I heard I actually only applied to U of H, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. so application. Yeah, one okay, school. <laughs> good. good. Well, either well way. we won't hold that against you. Um, <laughs> I, I hear it's, it's a fine school, even though it's not PCO <laughs> or Berkeley. Or Berkeley um, is a small school. Maybe yeah, you may have heard of it. Uh, <laughs> I haven't, but PCO, I've, I've heard of that one. Anyway, they're all fantastic schools. U of H is a one, is, abs- is really, really fantastic school. It is a great Very school. good dry eye program there. I think there's a doctor, Dr. Naraniman, I believe. Is he still there? Or is he at uh, San Antonio? I forget. But anyway, there's a, a really good specialty contact lens doctors there that we both know and have had on, on the podcast before. So um, you'll do fantastic and we wish you nothing but the best. We really appreciate you giving us a call and uh, chat with us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Well, that's it. Before we go, reach out to us for feedback, questions, stories, things you want us to talk about or talk with us about, either through email or on our Instagram or Facebook. We never depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both for the amazing lenses they make and the great people they are to work with. And be sure and tune in and listen to our next episode. But until then, try not to blink. <laughs>